Welcome to SelfDiscoveryMedia.com, where we discover the communities that are making a difference in the lives of others. Our self-discovery is something we are all making on our life's journey. Here you will find the people that will be your guidance, that will be your inspiration, that will be there for you in support on your journey of life. Do enjoy. Our next show is... Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Raising Our Gifted Children right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host, Sarah Troy, and my guest today is Armin Brott, a.k.a. Mr. Dad. Oh, my goodness, I know that an awful lot of parents have been facing quite a lot of strain during the pandemic, but has it kind of revealed a source and undercurrent that was there all the time and should we be really looking at the root of the problem and not just kind of blaming it on covid which maybe just revealed the problem there's a lot dramatic spike in children abuse right now there's also a dramatic spike in child to parent abuse and this is because there's so much frustration out there that it brings everything to a head and it boils uh, Amen, Mr. Dad is the author of The New Father, A Dad's Guide to the Toddler Years. He's a, a nationally published columnist um, on manhood and fatherhood and a host of Positive Parenting, a weekly talk show. Um, so during the COVID lockdown around the world, um, fears of people have been living in quarantine with violent partners and spouses and a new study reveals a different disturbing pattern growing in isolation, young children abusing their parents. Let's get right down to where this is all about um, revealing a problem that may be there that um, nothing brought it to a head. For a child to turn on a parent, there has to be a lack of respect or there has to be some other issues there. When you see spouses abusing each other, it's always going to run over onto the kids as well. So it's really just like a, a hot pot, isn't it? Ready to explode. And where do they go? Who do they turn to if they're in lockdown? Welcome to the show, Amen. Mr. Dad. <laughs> My pleasure, thanks for having me. A very good topic to be talking about. And I know that um, uh, it's, there's a lot of people bowing down to teachers right now, you know, having to step up and be the teacher, you know, during the COVID. Um, and there's a lot of people who, re who realize parenting is hard. You know, most of the time dads may be out working and mums at home probably working as well. And it's a lot of strain on a daily basis, but throw this in the works as well. It's, um, it's a hard thing to navigate, isn't it? There's so many issues going on. I mean, you're, you're right. You mentioned that it's not all about COVID. It's just all of these things that are coming together that, that are creating the, the perfect storm, I guess, for bad behavior on all sides. And you see, you see this, there, there's studies that are out there now about how there, there's an increase in divorces. There's an increase yes. in, in relationships breaking up. So some of it has to do with the fact that we're all just cooped up yeah. and we're spending a lot more time with each other than we used to. I mean, if you think about during the, the old days of six or seven months ago, you know, both parents would go off to work. They wouldn't mm -hmm. see each other for eight or 10 hours. They would come home. They'd have a couple of hours. They have dinner. Uh, they go to bed. So, you know, you spend maybe two or three hours a day with somebody and a little more on the weekends, not 24. Yes. And, and so a lot of things are being revealed as far as, as weaknesses in relationships or, or also I, I was watching this. Uh, it was, uh, what was it called? Howard's End, which uh, is an E.M. Forrester book, but it was turned into a PBS series. 
and there was a, one of the characters is explaining to somebody else about the relationship that she's going to have when marrying somebody she doesn't particularly love right now. Mm -hmm. But she says, I don't expect him to be everything for me. And I thought that was such a clear sighted way of looking at it is I think mm -hmm. so many people get together with a romantic partner and they think this person is going to be my best friend. We're going to do everything together. And you realize in real life mm -hmm. that you have certain friends that you can go bowling with. You have certain friends you can go to movies with. You can have certain friends you can talk about books that you're reading with and others you can talk about politics and they don't overlap always. Right. And, and you're the person that you're involved with romantically, your, your partner for life or whatever you want to call it may not be all of those things. But when we're all stuck together for, for mm -hmm. 24 hours, they have to be all those yeah. things because we don't have the opportunity to be outside and, and, and hang out with the people at work that we do certain things with right. and, and the people on our, our soccer teams or softball teams that we do certain things with. It's, it's, it's really, I, I don't think that the, all of these relationships and marriages need to end. Right. I, think, I, I wish that there were better online therapy or something that people mm -hmm. could go through or, or better understanding of you need to have some me time. Yes, uh, and that, that, that applies to get back to the topic where we're, we're going to be focusing on, uh, that really applies to the children as well, is yeah. that we, we need to understand that in order to be an active, involved parent, you do not have to be in the same room standing over your child at all times. You can be on the other side of the house and listening carefully. Yes. And kids need to be able to figure things out for themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think this is, this is pushing us, a lot of people who are home with their parents, it's putting us in uncomfortable situations that we're not used to and I think we're not qualified for mm. that we we've become the teachers yes and and I, I can tell you from experience I mean I, I know that of my three kids one of them I think I might have been able to homeschool uh, but the other two not because we don't like each other but just because we would butt heads right and, yes. and there's those relationships and you have to say as a parent you know what it just wouldn't work and so that's why this child would be better off being educated by somebody else. And, but, but in the days that we're living in right now, we don't have a choice. We're home and we have to be the ones who stand over the kids and make sure that they do their homework. And, and that brings up all sorts of things about, you should be writing this instead of that. And mm. how come you didn't do this? And things that we wouldn't ordinarily do. Yeah. And it's, again, it's not, we're not bad people. I think that, that the, COVID and, and this confluence of all these other things that are, are happening, it's really just highlighting some of the, the fragility of relationships and the work that we have to do and the focus we have to have to make sure that things don't fall apart. We're very, very, very much in um, what I would call hysterical times. You know, it's either like a tornado and people are get either on the outside or some people very much on the inside. And it's a, a reveal of kind of where our life was, you know, um, and it magnifies everything so completely. And we've got to also understand that the static energy out there right now is going to have an effect on your psyche, on your well-beingness. And if you are watching the news all the time, it's always bad. It's always somebody out getting somebody else, somebody's lying, it's a conspiracy. And you can't digest all of that and be dealing with what you're dealing with right in front of you it gets to be an overload and if it spills over who is it going to spill over on you know your patient runs short you start snapping at the children 
the children start playing up, the dog starts chasing its tail, the cat's climbing the curtains. And it's all because that energy has reached a screaming pitch because nobody knows how to just release it. And I think that's one of the biggest problems. People don't know how to release kind of negative energy or just frustration. And they end up taking it out on each other. And they're not, it's got nothing to do with love at that point. I think it's just got to that they don't know what else to do. Well, they don't know what else to do. And we don't have the opportunities for letting off steam yeah. that we used to have. Mm. You can't go to the park right. and go play basketball. You can't just go into, well, I guess you can go into the backyard. Although, see, in California and where you are as well, we've got the fires now. Right. And so in, in some places, it's not safe to go out into the backyard right. and play, especially to breathe hard because the air is, is horrible. Right. So that just adds one more thing, yeah. right? Why kids are going to stay inside. And we don't have the opportunity to go play golf or mm -hmm. to, to go get a beer with somebody. Um, and so those are things that, that let off steam. We, we aren't necessarily aware of it, right. but they are allowing us to deal with the, the slings and arrows of our, our everyday life because we have these, uh, these other outlets. Right. And so when those are taken away, it's... What do we do? We're not equipped. We're not equipped to do it. I've done a lot of shows on, on how to breathe, so to speak, through COVID, you know, and a lot of relationship show, uh, shows on, you know, that this is actually the time to really have the relationship with self and just say to the spouse, say to everyone else, you know, this is my time. I need to do this for me because you cannot bring the best of you unless you uh, attend to you and what you need to do. So everybody needs to have that time out, that time to themselves, whether it's in the bathroom, the bedroom, the closet, wherever you need to go to yeah. go and have some me time. Um, because we, you know, we, we're asking everybody to be on their very best right now and to be everything. And we just can't be everything. We're not equipped to be that. We're very good at certain things and not at others. And then we feel inadequate and we beat ourselves up on it. The kids again pick up on that because kids will pick up, so will animals, on all tensions out there. And very, very often they will think they're to blame. And then they feel guilty and they play up even more because they're feeling guilty. So, you know, parents being calm is essential for the children's well-being. But how do parents be calm if they haven't got any space anywhere to go and be calm at. You have to make the space, don't you? Yeah, you really have to say, you know what, I need a timeout. I'm going to go out for a walk or I'm going to go in my room right now and watch a movie. You guys play a video game or do some, all the things that we used to tell our kids not to do before. Yes. You know, <laughs> I want you to get on your phone now and, <laughs> and play, do a little social media with your friends and leave me alone for an hour. Right. I'll be back and then we can, we can pick up where we left off. Right. But yeah. I mean, the, the, the me time, whatever you want to call it, the time apart, the, the separation, absolutely essential. It, it's, I mean, you just think about every time we, the old days we used to get on airplanes and mm -hmm. the, the flight attendants would say when the, if yes. the masks come down, you know, they say, put yours on first mm -hmm. before you help the people with you. It, it's that simple. If you can't breathe, you can't help anybody. Precisely. And, and if you can't breathe, if you can't take a deep breath and be calm when you're dealing with your children, particularly children who are already frustrated, mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to be an effective caregiver. No. And so you need to do that for yourself. And that's one of the hardest things 
is that we feel as parents, we need to do this. We need to take care of everybody. We need to, yeah. to make sure that our kids have everything. And yes, that's true. But sometimes when we're making sure that they have everything, one of those things that they need to have is a parent who yeah. can focus yeah. and who can be there for them. And we can't really be there for them if we're just furious mm, yeah. at Or at each other, you know, the spouses at each other. You know, they don't know how to release the frustration because they're not going out for the pint with the friend and she's not going out having a dinner night or a luncheon with her friends. And both of them are up in that frustration. Well, you do it. Well, you do it better. And then the explosion happens. And the next thing you know, everybody's talking divorce. And it's just like, hey, bring it down a notch. Bring it down. If it's not talking divorce, very often it turns out to fisty fits. Um, yeah. And that is red flags everywhere because now the kids most certainly don't feel safe and nor does the person being, you know, pulverized. And, you know, is, has this person always been uh, a, an abuser and it was just waiting to happen? You know, and so many questions come up then. And then again, where do you go? What do you do in this time of abuse? Because where can you go? Who do you turn to? Yeah, and this is, it's unfortunate that the COVID situation in some places, in some ways, has become very political. Yes. And if we can just take that out of it completely, my personal opinion, and I, I'm not a medical doctor and I'm not a public health specialist, but there seems to be evidence enough that it's okay to put your masks on and go for a walk with a friend standing a few feet apart. Yeah. Or to go and you can go to a, a restaurant that's open and you can sit at a table, uh, sit far from, from each other, or you, you can sit outside and have a beer. Or yeah. if you have a backyard, invite, I mean, not recommending alcohol necessarily as a cure, you know what I mean, yeah. have a coffee, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, if you have a backyard, you can have friends over and sit in the backyard far away from each other and, and try to bring some of that back in. And yeah. do not criticize social media as much. Right. Because there, there's so everybody now is getting used to having meetings on Zoom yes. or on Google Chat or whatever. Mm -hmm. Do that. Yes. That is so important. And if you have a therapist that you've been seeing that you haven't been seeing for the past few months, that person probably would love to have the business. Yes. Would be perfectly open to to Zoom or something like that. Yeah. Uh, what, whatever it is that you feel secure and private and that your your communication won't be interrupted, whatever, take, take that into consideration, but uh, do it from you, your car. You, <laughs> right. You could, there, or from your phone, whatever. Yes. But I mean, there, there are ways that we can go back a yeah. little bit and, and rekindle some of the relationships that we've let stagnate for a while. Uh, and I think that is so important and, and for the kids as well. Yeah. Uh, younger kids are going to have a difficult time, more of a difficult time, because they're going to naturally want to congregate into mm -hmm. a herd, and it's going to be more difficult for them to stay far apart. But if you've got teenagers around the house, certainly they can understand that if they go for a walk with a friend, or they go, that they sit on the porch and they wear their masks, that, that that's safe. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, of course, if you have somebody in the house who's very old or who has asthma or some sort of lung issues, you're going to take that into consideration. But for most people, there are things that we can do that it's really not black and white. It's not like we are in complete quarantine. I mean, we, we hear that term thrown around a lot. Yeah. Most of us are not really right. in complete quarantine that, that I, I'm, you know, as soon as we're done here, uh, I, I'm going to go out for a hike in, in the mm -hmm. woods. 
um, where the air is better. Right. Uh, and I'll probably bump into some people and I carry a mask with me and I'll put it on when I see them coming and I'll take it off when they go. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm, I, I find that that is so important for my mental health is to get out there and get a good sweat and have an opportunity to listen to a book on tape or, or just think or whatever. Uh, but those things, the basic coping mechanisms that we've put aside, uh, I, think, I think it's been a mistake. And yep. again, yeah. it's not it's not a deliberate thing. It's just this is new territory. It is for, yes for everybody. We we don't have a a, a history a of, on this. Yeah. of how we need to do. That. I mean, when, you know, we we all talk about the the flu epidemic of 1918. It's been a hundred years since we since we had to deal with this. <laughs> yes. So there's nobody alive today who has any experience. Right. And so we're we're writing the book on how to do it, and and it's going to take us a little while. We'll we'll overcorrect. We'll bounce back and forth we'll figure it out. And it doesn't help when you have, you know, um, such division, conspiracy and this and that, you know, um, the right to wear masks. And you know, I, I did a show the other day because I had to get it off my chest about the conspiracy about wearing a mask, if it's a government uh, pushing it on you. And I thought, stop and think for a moment. The government has you under surveillance everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. If you're wearing a mask, they can't tell who you are. So they're not asking you to wear a mask for their favor. They're asking purely to save lives. It's common sense. Right. And so I think often you need to take a deep breath and realize, whoo, this is getting out of control. Everybody stop and take a deep breath. Everybody stop. Just take a deep breath. Get the kids to take a deep breath. Everybody stretch. Let's put on some calm music. Let's just kind of dance to some calm music and defuse the situation before it gets too out of control. And we don't have, all have those techniques. I mean, obviously here on, on my podcast network, I've got numerous people with wonderful techniques and, and they've literally stepped up at this time period to give people some wonderful nuggets to deal with the situation. But we, if we don't know how to handle it, then this is the time that we go and listen to TED Talks and podcasts and, and other mediums uh, to learn about how are other people doing it that you can apply. Don't just think that it's all got to be on you. There are people out there that can guide you and take a listen and learn and apply something in a different way because you are not meant to know it all. Right. And, and, and again, I think that it's really important get the politics out of it. Yeah. Because I mean, here in the United States, it's the, you know, the Republicans say, well, the Democrats are this and the yes. Democrats say the Republicans are that. I know. And you know, the reality of it is that they're both wrong. Right. Find, find a reasonable scientific voice that you can listen to. Here it's Dr. Fauci yes. seems to be a, a reasonable guy. And I, I don't know who the, the uh, counterpart is in Canada or, or anywhere else. But we have a Dr. Here. Bonnie here who's, who's a gem. Yeah. She really is a gem. <laughs> yeah. so, so somebody who's a, a real public health <clears throat> specialist who is, is speaking. And, and of course, they, they are also in the same position I mentioned yes. before. I mean, they don't have a history of this. It's not like you can say, oh, well, let's just look how they did it in, mm -hmm. in uh, Africa or how they did it in France two years ago. No, because nobody knows how to do it mm -hmm. this. So we're all figuring it out. But I think as time has gone on, there's been a lot of information that in the beginning was, seemed absolutely correct. And now it seems wrong. Right. I mean, they were talking about in the beginning, don't wear a mask. Only uh, health workers should wear masks. Because well, that was just ridiculous, as we found out. So right. everybody should wear a mask. And just 
you think about the mask thing. I mean, not to get in too far into the weeds here, but it's not only to protect yourself, it's to protect other people. That's the, that's one of the biggest things is that we're, we're forgetting about that part is yes, you want to protect yourself, yeah. but yeah. you might, you might have it without knowing about it. I mean, there's something like I just saw yesterday, perhaps as many as 40% of the people who have COVID don't have any symptoms. Right. So if you might have it and you might go and visit your elderly mother or father and sneeze on them or cough on them. And ordinarily exactly. that would be something you would just say, oh my goodness, excuse me. But now that could be life-threatening. Yeah. So think, listen to the science, read, read several sources. Don't get all of your information from one particular network or the other. Right. Watch them both and then watch nothing. Perhaps. Yes. <laughs> it yeah. might even be better. Uh, but it be, be reasonable, gather information and, and think, think. And have a conversation with the children about it. Look, for mum and dad, this is new territory. This has never happened globally before, that there's a, pain, a pandemic in every country around the world at the same time. So nobody really knows what they're doing. We're just day by day navigating through this. And why do I have to wear a mask, mummy? Because right and when do i wear a mask mummy because when and have that conversation we and it was often so wanting to protect our kids from what's out there we make them more vulnerable and i think being honest and open and obviously the dialogue is different according to what the age is and what they understand but include them in it and i think it's all right for you to say as a parent you know what mummy's just had it today or daddy's just had it today this is a day that please don't push my buttons right i want you to go somewhere and do something like paint, draw a picture, do something nice and calm today because that mummy doesn't want to lose her temper, right? Be right. open and honest because if we're not open and honest with our emotions, we're not giving them permission to be open and honest with their emotions. Well, and, and if we are not providing the information and the explanations, mm -hmm. we don't have to explain everything all the time, <laughs> No, but we have to understand from their perspective, I mean, just this applies to kids of almost all ages until probably 18. Mm. What they really want to know in every situation is how does this affect me? Right. That's what they want to know. And they may not ask it and they're panicking or they're throwing tantrums or as we talked about before, attacking a parent. That comes from, in many cases, it comes from fear and, and being afraid of of what's going on and not understanding what's happening. So helping them to understand why we're doing certain kinds of things and that it's important to do it. Yeah. That can really help. And I think we, we forget about that. And we just say, because I said so. Right. And that doesn't watch. Almost yeah. never works. in any <laughs> no. Yeah. no, definitely not. Um, the, the big thing always is why, <laughs> you know, well, and, it, and you've got to come up with a reasonable answer that they're going to, they're going to accept. And, yeah. you know, I think it's okay to say, you know, I don't know, but we just have got to do it, you know, yeah. and then that could be the final. Now, as to the violence, you know, um, let's take it, you know, uh, the violence of children. I think, again, that undercurrent um, had to have always been there. You know, um, that we're seeing against children right now during the lockdown. I think it had to always been there and COVID is just the excuse for it to come out. What do you think on that? No, I don't think so. 
I don't, I don't think in some cases, yes, children are, have got some sort of underlying problem and there's, they have a problem with violence, but I think that anybody who is pushed and pushed and pushed mm. and has no outlet for, for letting off their, their steam or their energy, they don't have the same ability to process information. They get frustrated, particularly younger kids that the, the terrible twos mm -hmm. is we hear about a lot. And, and a lot of that has to do with this disconnect between what they can say, what they're mm -hmm. capable of saying and what they want to say. And that turns into tantrums in the grocery aisle at the, yeah. at the store, right? And imagine how that's going to be at home. It's going to be mm -hmm. even worse. And so I don't think that it's necessarily that children are somehow flawed or that that they were necessarily, there was an abuser hiding in there. I think that there's so many other factors that are going on and, and we need to be more cognizant of this and we need to give the kids opportunities to let off steam and to, as we've been talking about, to explain to them things. Yeah. Because when you just tell them, do it because I said so, again, that, that, that basically says, I don't respect you enough. Right, you haven't got an opinion here. I'm not going to even listen. Right, right. And, and then on the topic of respect, I think there's also something that we started 20, 30 years ago with trying to be our, our kids' friends. Mm -hmm. And we have, we have not had an emphasis on respect mm -hmm. from our kids. And so we have tolerated disrespectful behavior from our kids from a very young age because we don't want to offend them, because we don't want to hurt them, because we work a lot and we feel guilty that we're not spending enough time with them, because whatever, mm -hmm. the, the many hundreds of reasons that people have for, for taking crap from their kids and and so it's <laughs> it just creates a situation where there aren't any boundaries right the kids have to know you may not speak to me that way yeah that's not okay and you know what i'm going to go out of the room right now and we can pick this up later mm -hmm. but that's just not acceptable and we we haven't done that and so when we say it by by fault by default by not saying anything about it when we say it's okay for you to call me names. Okay, then next, it's okay for you to throw a pencil at me if you're frustrated. And then the next thing, it's okay for you to knock over your glass of milk and then storm out of the room and I'm just gonna clean it up. So we keep telling them bit by bit by bit that it's okay. Then they say, well, okay, I'm gonna push you now. And then, well, we don't really say that that's not okay either. And then the next thing is I'm gonna hit you with something. And then we say, well, wait, why are our kids becoming violent? Right. Well they didn't just pick start with the hitting you it started with you're a bad thing. you're a bad mommy i hate you mm -hmm. or your daddy you're you're you know i, I like mommy better mm -hmm. you know the, the kinds of things that you say you yeah, know that that hurt my feelings and we need we need to have we well we needed to have done this years ago but it's not too late to start we have to start clawing back uh, our respect from our kids they have to understand that there are certain lines that they just cannot cross. And those lines are a lot farther from, from where they are right now. That we need to go and we need to say, you can't talk to me that way. You can't behave that way. You cannot treat your brother or sister that way. You cannot, you cannot say that to another adult. That's absolutely unacceptable. That uh, you were telling me before we went on the air that, that there was a, a video that somebody yes. was taking of a, of a child attacking his mother and and, and we were both marveling at the fact that somebody is taking that video. And other people are standing and, around watching. Right. And nobody is stepping in and no. saying, whoa, hey, kiddo, 
you can't do that. That's absolutely, get out, go, sit, sit down yeah. over there, get a book, get crayons, draw a picture of some horrible thing. Or as my mom always used to say, go downstairs and get a hammer and nails and do, you know, beat something, yeah. whatever, whatever you need to do. But that in, interpersonal behavior is absolutely not okay. Yes. And uh, I think that, that that right there, which predates COVID by decades, mm -hmm. is we need to get back in the mode of our, I hate to say that our parents were right about something, but when, when they were, they were not our friends necessarily. Right. And, and if they were, if they tried to be, we kind of made fun of them for, for trying to be the cool dad or the cool mom. <laughs> yes. uh, you know, it, it's just, it's not a good look. And I think it's it's critical that we understand that COVID is is has just magnified certain yeah. things, or brought certain things to the fore. But a lot of this was lurking, not too far beneath the surface for a long time. Boundaries, right? You know, I, I think if a kid knows the boundaries, you know, I always bring my kids up. I have three; they're all in their thirties now, and it was like, okay, this is your boundary. If you're going to overstep that boundary, you mean you're going to have to have a price to pay. And you've got to assess, do I want to pay that price? Do I want to take that risk? And if you take that risk, be willing to pay the consequences. And consequently, the broken legs and a few other things along the way. Yeah, I pushed the boundary. And now you're paying the price. Now, I could say to them, you know, you're a complete idiot for doing that. Um, but they always knew that whatever um, upset I had with what they did, never ever took away for how much I love them. And I think when you bring love into that love is in jeopardy, right? I can totally disapprove with that action. Um, but that doesn't mean I love you any less. And if it becomes, well, I'm, you know, I don't love you because you did that, then you've just shattered a relationship and you've shattered a trust with a child. Because I think any form of, of punishment or consequences should never be at the cost of love. No, no, and I think in, in maybe a, a, a conversation that we can't necessarily have with the kids, but we need to have it in the back of our own mind. It's not, it's not that it's love or, or consequences. It's consequences are because I love you. Yes. That, that, and, that, and that's what we're trying to do as parents, I think, mm -hmm. is we are trying to get our kids ready to launch and to be self-sufficient adults. Yes. And what that means is they're going to have to learn how to treat other people because if they think they can get away with, with mouthing off yeah. to me, then when they go and they get themselves a job someplace and they mouth off to their boss and get fired, mm -hmm. uh, you, you can't, it's, the house is not necessarily like a real world. Right. But there have to be boundaries. There have mm -hmm. to be expectations for, for certain civil behavior. And if we don't have those expectations, we're falling down on our job. Yeah. Our, our responsibility of preparing our kids to get out into the world and function. Yeah. And we're, we're not right now. We're, no, we're, we're not. not. We're telling kids they can get away with pretty much anything because we want to be their friends. Well, you know what? Their boss probably doesn't necessarily care about being their friends. Their boss has a, has a target to meet mm -hmm. and hired you to do a job. And if you want to say, well, I'm going to show up late because I'm tired, I don't feel like going in when, when we get back to going into the office or I'm not going to take a shower before the Zoom meeting or whatever it is, the kinds of things that, that we would say, whoa, oh, stop that. Yeah. Uh, th there, there are consequences and we can, we can minimize some of those consequences by, I guess, establishing the consequences in the home so that they, yeah. they suffer a little bit with us 
so that they don't have to do it when they get into the real world. Right. I mean, we are the custodians of our children, right? We don't own them. They're not our property. We're here to guide them, to nurture them, to lead them, and, and to fill them up with as much knowledge as they can to, to carry forth in their chosen life. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I've, <laughs> I've had friends who have said to the kids, I brought you into the world and I can take you out. You know, <laughs> it's like, whoa. Really? <laughs> you know? Are you going to do that? Yeah. yeah. And it's like, whoa, you know, now uh, forget about the love. Now the children are afraid of you. And we don't want, because you think, well, that's respect. No, it isn't. No child should ever be afraid of their parent. Right. Yeah. You, know, you could be, oh, I don't want to make mom and dad mad by doing something, but you don't want a child afraid of the parent because then where is that trust? No, you're right. It's, I mean, it's, it's associated with spanking. Yeah. The same kind of thing, which I'm not a fan of. And I think that fear based parenting is not the way to go. That yeah. we, we don't want, we want our kids to make the right decisions because they're the right decisions rather than because I'm afraid that somebody's going to punch me. Right. Yes. And if it's because what happens is if a few times happen, again, they get out into the real world and they don't get punched, then they figure, okay, well, there's no consequences. I'll do, I'll do the, the easy thing instead of the right thing. But we want to have instilled in them before they leave our house, do the right thing. It's not always the easy thing, but do the right thing and then th things will be okay. And, yes. and you know what? You, you may fail. Everybody fails. That's how you get to be a big, you get to be a grown up and you learn. You don't do that again next time. Right. But yeah, it's, it's absolutely critical. What about the violence against the kids right now? I mean, you know, you, you've got people who are short fused because of the whole situation and they haven't got their outlets to let go of it or they, they're, you know, not at home as much. I mean, more than they used to be, and they just can't put up with the kids running around screaming and doing everything else. And you and there's violence against the kids. I mean, a child is powerless at that point. Who do they turn to? How do we help those children? Well, I think there are people who are going to be violent against their kids and who would have been without COVID or mm -hmm. without anything else. And so we can let's eliminate them from the discussion because. They probably aren't watching this show anyway. Right. Um, but I think for, for the rest of us who are, are pushed, it's, it's, we've been talking about things from the kids' perspectives and how frustrated they are not to know what's going on or how afraid they are. Well, we're afraid too. Yes. That, I mean, we're, we're down in some cases from two incomes to one income and, and in other cases from two incomes to nothing. Yep. And I, there's something like, I, I, I was looking at the fig figures yesterday, 40 million people are in, in the United States are potentially facing eviction. Yes. And, and something around the same number are already dealing with food insecurity or hunger. That's going to stress you out. Oh, boy, yes. And, and you may just lash out and mm -hmm. you don't mean to do it. I mean, you know, for most of us, lashing out involves saying something that we regret to our kids. Right. But for other people, the lashing out may, the, their stress level may be so high that they just smack somebody or and it's obviously something that we're going to regret. You don't want to do that. You, you never want to hit a child. Right. It's, again, it's, it's instills fear in them. We don't want them to be afraid of us. 
if it does happen, I think if you think it might happen again, I think it's important to get some kind of counseling or some some way of dealing with that. But to to talk to the child, yeah, I think is an important thing. Depending on the age, to to apologize profusely, mm -hmm. explain. I mean, and and I remember on my own show doing a a show with somebody who was talking about apologies, mm -hmm. and apologies are never just I'm sorry or they never should they should be I'm sorry and next time this kind of situation happens I'm going to do something else uh, that we need to be able to explain that to our kids that right I was really upset I was so upset I'm afraid about about things you know, of course you don't want to panic the kids so don't tell them too much about what you're afraid of depending on their age and and that's why and I'm so sorry and I will I will if I ever feel like this again I'm going to make sure that I leave the room so that I don't do anything like this again. Right. Uh, I, think, I think it's it's reasonable. I think it's, a lot of people feel that they should never apologize to their children, that that shows weakness. Yep. I, think that's, I think that's wrong. I mean, you, you may not have to go into a long-winded explanation of what you're apologizing for. And again, you, you don't want to, to tell them that you're worried about not having enough money for food because not big and panic. Because mm -hmm. uh, you know, again, getting back to the what, how is this going to affect me? Well, that means, oh my goodness, we're, I'm going to starve. Well, so you don't want to give them, you don't want to put fear into them again. Right. But to explain that you're you're afraid that you you haven't ever dealt with this before. That that these are are difficult times, and sometimes people get mad, and that might, in in a way, help them to process their own feelings of frustration and anger by seeing that, yeah, you know, uh, I can see that even, even my parents get upset. Uh, some kids will probably say, oh, well, that gives me license to smack yeah. my sister then. But I think most will not. Right. And if they do, then you have to have the discussion about we're all upset that, you know, just like I told you that I, if I felt that way, I was going to have to leave the room. Right. You feel that way. You need to do something to stop yourself right. and leave the room. Yeah. Yeah, there was a wonderful movie some years ago, Inside Out, on, uh, you know, living with emotions. Mm -hmm. And emotions come out because they're a reflective of what's going on inside, outside, around them. And you know, if we're afraid, we're, what are we afraid of? If we're sad, if we're glad, if we're angry, there's always an emotion over something. And it's like, don't dismiss what they're angry or upset about. Look at it. What, what's, it, what's upset you? And to you, it's trivial, but to them, it isn't. And so you need to actually address that anger and why they're feeling angry at that time. And it's a, a, you can't take that feeling away from them and nor should they be punished for having an angry thought. It's just you, you want them to speak about it before they act out on it, right? right? And that's the important thing. Don't go in there with the guns blazing. Go in there and say, well, what are you angry about? Uh, what what was it that made you so angry? Well, what are you going to do with this anger now? And then put it back in there. Well, I don't, I don't know. Well, how about we take some deep breaths? How about we you know, do some loud counting or just scream on the top of our lungs to let it out? Give them some tools on how to deal with the emotions. The emotions are not bad. It's no. what happens through those emotions if, if they don't know how to use them or understand them, that they become an action that is bad. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we've, we've been talking about this, giving them the outlets yes. and, and whether that's, that's breathing and that may not be enough for, for everybody that there are going to be some, some kids who need a more physical 
release of that yeah. that blocked up energy. And so maybe yeah. that's buying a punching bag and yes. putting it in, in one room and saying, you know what, go in there. And if you're really mad at me, why don't you draw a picture of me and put it on there and you can <laughs> you can do that. Or again, my mom's thing about hammering nails or, right. or what, whatever it is, something. Yeah. Something to give them an outlet and give them permission to, to say, look, we, we all have these frightening feelings. And as you said, they're not wrong. In right. fact, that's, it's great that you have them and it's great that you know you have them. Right. And we all have to figure out what we're going to do about it. And that's the point. And because we have, we live in a society or a family and we need to take care of each other and we can't push each other around and hit each other or, or call names all the time. Sometimes things explode and okay, we, we try to keep that to a minimum, but here's what you do. Here's what I'm going to do. And you know what? I'm feeling really upset right now. And I think you are too. Why don't we both go and yeah. do something? Uh, you know, we can, whatever it is, let's go for, go do a hundred jumping jacks in the backyard until we can't stand up anymore. Whatever it is, uh, just creatively come up with things. And also I think an important part of this is get them involved. Yes. And in, in not just, don't, don't just give them a bunch of options. I mean, we can say, this is what I'd like to do. What would you like to do? Yeah. What do you yeah. really want to do? What would, what would make you really tired right now? Or you know, what, what's, what's going to make you feel better? What do you think? Um, and that's, uh, it's important to get them involved in this because they're going to have more of a stake in it. Right. What I used to do when my kids were kind of, I could see that, you know, the fighting was happening. Uh, I'd put on something like we are the champions extremely loud and we would all get up in the, in the living room and start singing and dancing to it and everything else. And, and if they were fighting brother and sister, they were fighting, I would make them hug each other and kiss each other. And they're all busy going, ooh, ooh, and they forget about what they're fighting about. Right. Yeah. And, the, you know, various ways you find various techniques that you know you're going to, to do. And the other one, if I wanted their attention and they were not paying attention, I'd start singing opera and they will do anything to shut me up. So, <laughs> you look for the tools that work, right? <laughs> so the thing is also kind of try and make light out of something. If you see something is, is spiraling out of control, try and turn it around and make light out of it and diffuse it before it gets to, you know, that other point. And we, you know, that means you, you're not going to be there every moment of every day, especially if you've got a few children, they're not going to be clumped in one room 24 seven. Um, and some are going to be doing this and some are going to be doing that. And you're there monitoring them here, there and there, and is everybody doing what they should be doing? And uh, it, it can be very stressful. And so the conversation with them saying, look, I want to trust that you are doing your work, that you are doing that chore that you are doing that because I don't want to have to stand over you all the time. I want to trust that you're going to do that. Will you honor me with that trust? And you'll generally find that children love to please their parents, right? Mum and dad has asked me to do this. I'm going to do this for mum and dad because they've asked me, you know, will I honor that trust? And it doesn't always work, but good no. many of the times it does. <laughs> right navigating yeah, I, yeah I, I found that in again depending on the ages of the kids that putting it in terms of i need your help with this yeah is is another way that kids yeah. when they when they feel that we've respected them enough and that we we recognize in them the capacity to help us they're they're going to be more likely to want to do it right um instead of putting it in terms of you have to do this otherwise you're going to be a bad person kind right of thing, which yes nah. 
yeah. And, oh, yeah and to make whatever chores that you're giving them you know this is part of this is part of your duty in living here everybody's got to do something because that's part of what life is about uh, and not making it such a chore you know that it's just it's something that they're not going to do as as part of the, that they're going to do as a part of a, a participation you know like as soon as we get the table cleared and the dishes put away and everything cleared up now we can go and watch a show or we can go and do this and go and do that and they know that's why oh, we're going to go and do that let's do it let's get this all cleared up instead of going do i have to <laughs> you know, you know. Yes. so you it's do. you've written a book about the terrible twos as I said, I had three kids in the terrible twos, and I think the terrible twos repeat themselves as teenagers as well <laughs> in a different so. format. All yeah. of a sudden, you know, your kids are like the exorcist, the head is just turning around, and you go, Who are you? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm gray haired, and I'm sure that my children's names are on a lot of that hair. But um, I had two kids. Um, my one daughter was 21 months when her, when my, son was born so basically under the age of four you know those kids were there the terrible twos it's a lot of tantrums and as you said in the shopping mall i want something and kicking and screaming and this and that and you know, as a parent you're embarrassed because your kid is kicking and screaming and i used to just say sorry just ignore them <laughs> let him get it out of their system you know uh because to try and stop them when they're in that particular <laughs> moment it's virtually impossible and you're only going to make the situation worse yeah it is and and i mean especially now when <laughs> when we're we're not taking the kids out as much as we used to but yeah grocery stores are are famous for for mm -hmm. that Yes, uh, the good news that. is that we're wearing masks, and so we can't be identified later, <laughs> as, uh, being the, the, the ones with those unruly children. But, but I think, you know, it's we we can we can manage that somehow if we think about what are the triggers, what are and and the triggers could be bright lights maybe, yeah. or or being there are all sorts of things. It's not hungry, just, tired, exact hun hungry yeah. and tired are are. Um, Common the, ones. the worst ones. I mean, we yeah. all know if you, you if you try to take a, an infant or even a, a one year old to a store at nap time, mm -hmm. you're going to get a tantrum. That's right. just part of the deal. Yeah. And we have to learn to to accept that these things are going to happen. And we're just going to have to pick up the kids and walk out of the store and leave the, the bag full of groceries yeah. or the cart full of groceries that haven't been checked out yet uh, in in the aisle. That just may have to happen. But also, I mean, I remember doing this, I tell this to the, the guys I teach in my uh, classes on fatherhood, that depending on the age, you, you can set different sorts of things. Just, you know what, I, I understand, you wanna get, an, you wanna have an ice cream? Okay, I want you to go, you can walk around and I want you to bring me two things that have the number seven in it. And then as they get older, you say, I want you to bring me two items that add up to $1.53. And they're out there. They'll be able yeah. to find them. Yeah. And as they get older, you can say two things that when you multiply them, there are three things or seven things, whatever it is, but give them a task, mm -hmm. give them a job to do, and then reward them. I mean, yeah. it's not, you, you have to be careful with that because you don't want to be bribery. Make it, make it, right. You <laughs> want to stay away from bribery. Right. But, but a, there's a difference between a bribe and a reward mm -hmm. is you did this, you were great. 
you helped me get the groceries into the cart. We got, you helped me load them into the car. You know what? Let's both go out and get something nice and, and, and uh, say thank you to each other. Well, that's fine. Yeah. But if you say, well, if you do this, I'm going to give you an ice cream cone or, or here's that candy bar and you promised me, that's all the worst thing. Don't give the whatever the reward is before something has happened. Right. <laughs> yes. Never get it back. Right. But, but I think it's, it's again, it, we, we've talked about this uh, uh, several times. It, it's the getting them involved. Yes. And, and not just the because I said so thing, but let's figure out, we have to go to the store today. We have to get food for the family. It would be nice if we got in and out of there quickly and we were smiling the whole way. Right. What do you think we have to do to do that? How can we help each other so that we don't get mad at each other? Because, you know, sometimes we go to the store and you're mad at me and I get a little mad at you. And that's not nice, is it? We don't, we don't like the way that that feels. So what can we do to help each other so that we're, you know, I'm going to do these three things to make you happy. What are you going to do? Can you do three things that can make me happy? Uh, there, there, there's so many different strategies that we can come up with. And, but I think the most important overall strategy is don't impose things on them. Right. Get them to be part of it. And just the, the idea when, when we're talking about discipline is, or consequences is having them help come up with the consequences. Right. Okay, here, here's what I'm saying is the rule. What do you think should happen if you don't fulfill that? your obligation. We have a deal here. We've made a deal, the two of us, that you're going to do your homework. What do you think should happen if you don't do that? Well, when they come up with the consequences, they're a lot more likely mm -hmm. to avoid them than, than if they are consequences that we've set. Because their natural reaction when the consequences come into play is to say, but no, but, but next time I promise I'll do it better yeah. Yeah. to try to negotiate their way out of it. But if it's something that you said, well, you know, you said the consequence was going to be no TV for three days. That's your rule, not mine. I can't, right. What yeah. do you want me to do? <laughs> you can't negotiate your way out of that one. Right. Yeah. Now, you say you work with dads. Um, yes. In what way do you, is it just kind of navigating being a dad? Well, I do a lot of different kinds of work. I teach classes at uh, one of the big hospitals in San Francisco for expectant fathers. So it's a, a three hour workshop and it deals, it, it uses one of my books called the uh, new father, a dad's guide to the first year. So taking them through what the first four or five months of fatherhood is going to be like, what babies are doing, what they should expect them to do, what they should do with babies, uh, the relationship with the partner, how to start building the relationship with the child, which is incredibly important. Uh, so there's that part. And then I also do consultations with dads who are looking, who are having uh, issues mm -hmm. that they're, they're facing right now, that they need to, to figure out how to be a better dad, how to handle particular situations. Also consultations with moms and dads about parenting issues that, they, that maybe they don't agree with how, or agree with each other on. How can they come up with something that they can, uh, that they can both support? And in some cases, that's understanding that kids can be flexible. And they can understand that when you're with mom, it's going to be one thing. And when they're with dad, it's going to be something else. When you're with mom, you're not going to be jumping on the couch. Mm -hmm. When you're with dad, you may. And that's okay. And, and having to learn from moms and dads, but have, I think this is in, in some ways that affects moms more, understanding that you may just have to back off. 
right and right. and not tell your your husband or your your male partner the father of the kids how to behave how to right. be a parent that being a dad is different than being a mom that we naturally are inclined to do different things and not there's no better or worse in those that they are different and kids that grow up with with a healthy supply of both mom and dad influences do better than yeah, kids yeah. who grow up with only one of those right and we need to support each other in these things even if it's different of course there are going to be certain kinds of things homework before before playtime or or whatever the rules you can come up with that you that you need to support each other on mm -hmm. and no backing down right I, i've always had with my kids it's i love to negotiate and to debate things but you know what when it comes to health and safety issues there's no there's no debates right i'm right. making decisions decisions based on that unless you can show me some some peer-reviewed scientific studies that are gonna that are gonna disprove what i'm telling you my way goes right so that, I mean, all these times i've said you shouldn't be saying just because i said so well but th there's the exception yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in, in certain cases there there is a just because i said so yeah. but with an explanation right exactly so, yeah so it's uh, you know and i've also written the the books that we've talked about the dad's guide to the toddler years is there's a total of 10 books on fatherhood different stages and different kinds of configurations there's one for single fathers one for dads in the military who are, are deployed away from their kids and so uh, looking at pretty much every kind of, of fatherhood situation with the eye on here's what you can do to be the father that you want to be and that your kids need you to be right now. Here are some steps you can take to be a better dad. Uh, that, that's what I, I mean, I love the theory and all the research, but I really wanted to distill that down into actionable yeah. steps that dads can take that they can do right now. Have you done a book on... Uh, the divorcing because you know one of the things that obviously happens is a, a child will learn to play one parent against the other and you know all the parents the parents are doing the same thing and you know, there's no worse thing that you can do to a child is use the child in a divorce as, as a you know a tool against each other because the child will suffer yeah and and we all know or should know using a child as a weapon or mm -hmm. a child as a spy mm -hmm. or a child to deliver messages is just simply not okay. No. And, and one of the things I think that it's so difficult for parents and because we get angry as we've been talking about, we get angry, we get frustrated. It's not okay to bad mouth the other yes. parent. It's just not. You may be frustrated and you may want to say your mother is an absolute jerk yeah. or your father is. You have to stop that. Yes. Because kids, and, and I, I, I know this, I mean, kids in their 20s and 30s, they still see yeah. themselves as being half their mother and half their father. And if you say your father is a jerk, right. or your mother is a twit, they're going to say, well, wait a minute. I'm half mom. Mm. You're, you're saying that I am? Yeah. And you, I hate your dad. Well, wait, does that mean you hate me too? Mm -hmm. And it's not what you mean. No. Most of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's something that we really have to restrain ourselves from. And, and, and if you've been in a situation where uh, your spouse or your partner had an affair or, mm. or abused drugs or alcohol or did something really bad, it's okay to talk about the kids, talk about that with the kids when they're older. Mm -hmm. when they can understand these things and when they ask what happened exactly 
And he you say, well, you know, here's my perspective on what happened. You can ask your mom for her, for her perspective. Right. Uh, but I think, again, it's a age appropriate sort of thing. When the kids are, are little, you're not going to say anything. You just, you just don't say anything bad about your mom or your dad. In fact, you try to say good things about them if you, right. if you, can, if you can stomach it. Mm-hmm. Something. I mean, you know, it's, it's just a, a simple kind of a thing for just to say, you know, I'm a child, a first or second grader. I, I need help with, the, with uh, my math homework. And if you're not really great in math, you could say, you know, your mom's really good at that. Why don't you ask her? Yeah. And, and then you're, you're showing the child that you can, you can have a relationship. And, and I think there's so many studies have looked at this and have found that the biggest predictor for how kids do in, after divorce or breakup of their parents' relationship, how they do in long term, is the relationship between the parents. Yes. If the parents are screaming and yelling at each other all the time, I mean, the divorced or separated parents, right. then the kids are going to have, have problems. If the parents can work together, if they can go to the parent-teacher conferences together, mm-hmm. even though they're divorced, if they can go to the, the middle school graduation together, even though they're divorced, and maybe they, they don't have to sit next to each other, but they, they, they hug each other to congratulate each other on, on the child. You may, you may hate the other person, but to put on a show of, of collaborative behavior is so important because, again, we're, we're trying to prepare our kids for, for life. And, and it doesn't matter what age Sorry, go ahead. No, but one of the one of the things we need to prepare them for is that relationships change. Yes. And some, relationships end sometimes, but they don't have to. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. No. That you may break up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, and you can stay friends right. afterwards. Yeah. You don't have to to shoot each other, right. or be scream and yell or be horrible to each other. It's okay, and, and also, I mean, even in intact, it's not. This is not only about divorced or breaking up couples. This is in any kind of family. Mm-hmm. it's okay to let the kids see you fight or disagree because it's all about the, how do you resolve the disagreement Right. to show the kids that you can disagree without having to break up. Right. It's, and, 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 you know, in my case, it was my kids that came to me and said, mom, it's time for a divorce. <laughs> uh, you know, this relationship is not working. Why are you still together? And I said, I'm waiting for Tasha to finish school. And she, I think she was 12 at the time. And she goes, oh, forget that. We can, we can do fine. You two just don't belong together. And that was it. You know? there you go. And, uh, you know, for the first couple of years, it was, he still stayed in the house in another room. And um, it was only five and a half years later that I got into another relationship. But up until then, we still attended parties and everything else together as a, as just you know the couple that separated people but you're getting on so well I said yeah we're getting on better now because we're not together and we both walked our daughter down the aisle together and um, you know he he has his life and I have my life but when we need to come together for events we do and you know for now it's for us it's been 20 years so we're both off on a totally different level and I said to the children your relationship with your father is your relationship what you make out of it what kind of relationship you have is on you i'm not going to interfere with it right and they each develop their own relationship with their dad mm-hmm. right and so you know it's it was a divorce that was good because it right. you know it made everybody happier and sometimes i think if you are staying together for the sake of the kids 
and you're fighting and there's this between you all the time. Um, that's not good for the kids. Right. That makes you question the phrase for the sake of the kids. Was that, yeah. What, yeah. How, how is that helping anybody? Yeah, exactly. But, but the way that you did it, and I think it, I've, I've tried to do the same thing in my own divorces, it's, you don't really think of it in these terms then anyway, right. but it's a gift. You've yes. given your kids a gift of seeing how people can manage difficult relationships and still come out of it okay yeah. and see it. So it's, it's, it's really tremendously important to do exactly that kind of thing. And it, it's not easy. It's not, there are times when you just want to scream right. about how awful the other person is and the person may be awful, but we need to remember again that they need that relationship. As you said, that yes. you're, you need a relationship with your dad. He's not somebody that I want to spend any time with. Yes. However, you should. Because yes. he's your dad and, yes. and you're, you're half him and there are wonderful things in there. Right. Exactly. And, and the, but we're also giving them permission to develop a relationship, um, you know, with their father or the mother, whichever the case is, the situation with, on their own terms, not on our terms. And, you know, whatever that relationship is going to be, it's going to be stronger because it's as they're growing more into adulthood, then it's two adults coming together instead of resentment. And, you know, I'm in, I know so many people who's, um, when they got divorced, that the children were never allowed to see their fathers. And who are you serving that way? The kids are feeling abandoned by the father. The father has no legal recourse unless it's an enormous court case to, to, yeah. to try and get um, rights to see the children. And it, you know, and it ends up being the children are the ones that are hurt. Never mind the parent who's not allowed to see their children. So it's just, no, don't do that. Whatever your problem is with your spouse, you and your spouse sort it out. Do not impose it on the children. At yeah. no time use the children as a pawn in your fight against each other. Well, and, and it backfires sometimes yeah. too. I, I remember my dad was a lawyer and then a judge, and he told me something I thought was very interesting about some of the cases that he saw where there was exactly that kind of situation that you talked about, is one of the, parent, one of the parents refused to let the kids see the other one. Well, the kids eventually figure out what's going on and then they resent the parents yes. who interfered with that relationship yes. is because they, they realize they get together with dad later and they realize he's not such a bad guy right. and they hear his side of the story and how broken up he was to not be able to see them. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know what, mom or dad, you kept me, right. you deprived me of yeah. this relationship in my life. Forget about how you hurt, you think you hurt him or her, but you deprived me of that. Yes. And that is unconscionable. In a lot of ways, it, it's like a death, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, um, and talking about that, have you either done a book or in the shows on children dealing with death? You know, I mean, you know, it, I lost my father when I was 11. And, you know, obviously with the COVID right now, many people are dying. Um, but I mean, death is a part of life. And it's really, really hard when somebody, you know, dies in the immediate family of telling the children or you know explaining it to the children um i find actually children are more matter of fact on it they seem to deal with it better than a lot of times adults do but what has been your experience well i haven't written a whole book about it i have written articles and mm -hmm. and done some shows on it i mean yes i think it's important that we talk about it mm -hmm. i think in some ways that's one of the one of the reasons to have pets 
is to, because generally speaking, most kids who have pets are going to end up burying them at, yeah. or at some point. Uh, I think it's important to stay away from the phrase went to sleep mm -hmm. uh, to, to refer to it, which I think people do to minimize the, the permanence of death. Yeah, but the kids but, go to sleep and think, am I going to yeah, wake they, up? Whoa, <laughs> baby, can't have that. But yes, I, th I think, yes, it's, it's part of life. It's an unfortunate part of life. And how we deal with it, how, how we talk about it. And to, if you are fortunate enough to have an elderly parent in your life or for the kids to have grandparents, to realize that that's, that's mm -hmm. uh, cherished time. Yes. And they should do what they can, whether the grandparent lives nearby or is available only by Zoom, but they should, should do that. That the grandparent or great-grandparent relationships can be tremendously important to both, to both yeah. the kids. Yeah. It gives the kids a, an authority figure, a, a source of great stories, maybe somebody they can be a little bit looser with. Mm -hmm. uh, and it gives the parents, in a way, sometimes a chance to to uh, undo the mistakes or to, to redo situations that they they wish they would have done differently. Right. And I remember I remember coming into the house with when my kids were little and seeing my dad, he had taken one of his favorite pieces of art off the wall and had put some saran wrap over it and was drawing on it with crayons and he was showing the kids perspective and how da Vinci did this. And I thought, wait, where was that when I was growing up? <laughs> But it was so great yeah. to see that. I mean, to see him have the opportunity. He was, you know, when I was a kid, he was caught up in work, just like we all are. Yeah. And he didn't have a time, a chance to do those things. And so now he can do it. So it gives it gives everybody an opportunity to to grow and to have some enjoyment in, in their life that they might not otherwise have had. And so, right. I mean, even getting back to the divorce situation, it's so important to to support the child's relationships with all the grandparents, right. even, the, even the parents of your ex, yes, because there still is a blood relationship right. there, and it's just it's mean right. to, not, to 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 cut them off, even if you cut your even if you hate your ex, to cut off the ex's parents just seems. Nasty. Especially nasty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I'm about to be a first-time grandparent, um, which is hallelujah. <laughs> you know, I was always saying to the kids, you better hurry up before I'm in the wheelchair holding the kid because you know, they're all in their 30s. <laughs> when am I going to have one? So finally, uh, my youngest is, is expecting, which I'm looking forward to being that, you know, and not disciplinarian, but, you know, the real cuddly, snuggly, ruggly grandma that I know I'm going to be. So, um, and I, but I think that's actually a point which um, uh, grandparents and kids on raising the children, because grandparents will generally say, but I did this to you and yes, mom, but we don't do it that way. <laughs> and then right. you run into different problems, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's, it's uh, it can, as long as it's not too interfering, let grandma have her time and then correct it when you get back home, right? <laughs> right, I think, but you can still, you can still have the conversations yeah. with them. Is that, you know, we, we really need to do this and things that we've learned since I was a child about safety issues yes. or certain kinds of things, or, you know, we don't let the kids on this particular website or, you know, whatever right. it is. That, that we want to have some ground rules. Right. But... But you know what? Let let the grandparents get away with some stuff. Let yeah. let them spoil the kids a little yes. bit. 
Yes, please. <laughs> I think somebody should. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and it's not that you're making the parents the ogres. It's just that time with grandma or grandpa are different. You know, as yeah. you said, if, if you're in a divorce, when you go over to dad's for the weekend or mom's or whatever the case is, you're going to do things different to what you would normally do at home. It's the same thing with the grandparents. When you go to the grandparents, you're going to go on different adventures and experience different things with them. And that just makes you a more well-rounded child, right? Right. And, and they love, I mean, to encourage the, the grandparents to tell stories. I yes. Mean, just look at the kid's face when they realize that there, were, that there was a life before touch screens. And <laughs> do you know what a typewriter is? And do you know when you see CC on an email, do you know what that actually means? The CC? That means carbon copy. There, that's how we had to make copies back then. <laughs> it makes us feel very old. <laughs> you see on Facebook, these kids handed a typewriter, a touch tone phone, and things like this, and their explanation of what it is. <laughs> yeah. This wasn't so long ago. I feel so old. No. <laughs> no, I... So tell us about your podcast. Uh, it's called Positive Parenting, and there's a couple of versions of it. There's one that uh, airs on a couple of hundred military radio stations uh, around the world, and and so that's dealing with both of them deal with parenting issues. And I'm interviewing authors and experts on a variety of different parenting topics, and uh, all all of this. So that that that's yeah, I've been doing it for for more than 20 years now. Um, and you can find out all this information about the books and about the podcasts and articles and everything else is at mrdad.com, which is mrdad.com. And uh, people can write to me and they have questions or want to find out something. All of that is here. And then I also do a lot of work on men's health and I'm doing a, a nationally syndicated column. It's, I think it's in, actually some papers in, in Canada as well. Uh, dealing with all different kinds of men's health issues because we have different issues that, uh, than women yes. do. And of course, men do not like to talk about it, do they? No, we don't. We don't yes. like to go to the doctor. We don't no. like to talk. About, yeah, but we need to because yes. men die five years younger than women and mm -hmm. we're sicker when we're, when we're alive. So right. we, we need to pay attention. So that, yes. uh, that's uh, healthymentoday.com is the website for that column. And again, people can, I'd love to get information from people. It's how I keep everything up to date is by uh, having people send in comments and questions and suggestions. So please do. Yes. Well, I've looked at your site and it's extremely comprehensive. So you're a very, very busy person with your fingers and many pies. But, <laughs> you know, the fact that it's all dedicated around parenting, um, you know, again, with the Forgotten Children series that I'm doing, it's the children that have been forgotten, um, shoved off to foster homes instead of helping the parents parent and helping them be the best parents they can be. If they're in trouble, help them out of that trouble so they can find their equilibrium again and bring the family back together. It's not about ripping the family apart um, no. because you know the numerous, numerous shows I've done with people who were in foster care and the foster care system, it's uh, quite horrific. And so let's try and keep the families together. Let's try and help the families navigate parenting, support them, be an outlet for them when they need to know something. And uh, the whole thing is that the moment this baby's put into your arms, you're meant to now completely download every, everything you need to know about it. No, you know, you, you read a book or you listen to something or other people give you tips, but most of it is, you know, learning as you go. 
right? Exactly. Yeah. And you're going to make mistakes. You just want to make sure those mistakes aren't too costly. And if you've got a, a source like yours, mrdad.com, with so much information there and so much guidance, why won't you listen to it? Because this is going to give you the tools and navigation, especially dads. Moms will get together with other moms and all they will talk about is the kids and the problems yeah. and what do you do? Dads don't for some reason. And please, dads, get together. Talk about your kids. Talk about the problems. Talk about how you can handle things. Share the knowledge. Yep, that's that's the best thing. It, it turns out that dads do. It just takes a little while to get mm. to it, but but dads do get there. The problem is, if there's a woman in the room, mm. it won't happen. Right. Um, with my my class for expectant fathers, we figured that out pretty early on that sometimes the moms would want to come, and we had to rename the class for expectant fathers only because yeah. I found out that that I, I want to have a conversation with these guys and I want them to tell me about what they're worried about. Right. They won't do it if their wife's there. No. No. So, or somebody else's wife is there. Right. Uh, yes, exactly. So, yeah. So it's, uh, it's important to, to you know, recognize it. It's not, it's not better or worse that men are different than yes. women. And yes. we don't have the same support networks naturally, mm -hmm. but they, they exist and we will access them. Uh, and that's what I try to do is to, to not only to tell guys what to do and how to do it, but to say, you know what, you might be worried about this and that's okay. Yes. And also to encourage moms to support the differences and to support the dad and sometimes put him in a situation where he has to make some mistakes. Yes. If you yes. tell him everything that he's doing wrong, he's not going to figure out what you did. Right. Because how did you figure out how to do it right? You figured out because you made a thousand mistakes. That's yeah. what he needs to do. Yeah. And that, that's part of the deal. You get hold your and, breath. And some of them can be really funny. I remember going away for a weekend with my girlfriend and I came back on Sunday night to find my kids on the ceiling. Like just wee -woo, wee -woo, wee -woo, like this. The house looked like a bomb had hit it. Everything was everywhere. Dishes piled up in the sink. Um, clothes everywhere. Just chaos. Total chaos. I, I had to keep them home from school the next day just to wind them down. And he was asleep. And I go, what the hell's going on? He said, oh, you don't know how hard it is. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> and now you do too. Yeah, now you do too. So a little appreciation. And, uh, you know, there was something else that I did one time when I was, I, I did dabble in other businesses, but most of the time I was at home mum. And I remember one time there'd been a complaint about something. And so I said, okay. You can hire a housekeeper, you can hire a cook, you can hire um, a chauffeur, you can hire um, your sex goddess, you can hire the ironer, the washer, and the, 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 the children. This I went through the whole list and I put how much it would cost if you hired every one of those people to do a mother's job, right? And yeah. he looked at the bill and go, oh. <laughs> and I said, no, little appreciation. And I think that goes both ways. You know, yeah. understand yeah. appreciation on both sides for what we're each contributing and yeah. to understand that the whole idea of a family is the coming together not exactly the same as each other but bringing our beautiful yin yang together in order to make a whole and yeah that's the importance of it right? well that, that's a great a great lesson for the kids as well yes is that that equal does not necessarily mean the same right that it means we're both doing that there's there's 35 things that need to be done and 
not necessarily we're each going to do 17 and a half of them, but some of them maybe take longer. So somebody maybe will do 20 and somebody will do 15, but that's what we figured out is because unloading the dishwasher and meal planning and shopping is worth a certain amount and parents can figure this out, but so is really and truly, so is rolling around on the couch and playing games. It's nice when you can swap those things off, but sometimes people are better at certain kinds of things and they're more efficiently done by that person. Uh, But so what we're talking about is fairness Mm -hmm. rather than, than exact equal that, you know, you don't have to change the same number of diapers and, and give the same bedtime stories. Um, but just as long as everybody wakes up in the morning with 10 fingers and 10 toes, that's okay. You win. Right. Yeah. It's all about the contribution, right? Just yeah. be willing yeah. to step up, right? Yeah. Be willing to step up and help each other because you are in this together. Parenting yeah. is a togetherness act, hopefully. And, you know, unfortunately, there's so many people out there that are single that are doing it alone. And we really rather kind of see the families, you know, be under one umbrella. Unless it's just not working between the parents, then it's better off that the the separation is there. But whatever kids are going to go through in their short lives before adult, uh, they're going to go through a roller coaster of events. And it's how we handle it is, um, is an indicator of how they will handle it. And if we need help handling it, we need to ask, we need to listen to the various podcasts, read the various articles, ask people, not be afraid to say, look, I, I'm, I'm just saturated right now. I don't know what to do. Anybody got any ideas? This is not a weakness. This is a strength. Because then, and to let your parents and to let your kids know, look, kids, at the present moment, I don't know what's going on. Let's just do it one step at a time together. All they want to know is that word together right? Exactly. They want to know we're all in it together. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing here today. My pleasure. Thanks so much, Sarah. MrDad.com and the other one for dads? Healthy Men Today. Healthy Men Today and the podcast is? Positive Parenting. And where do they find that? Uh, they can find all of that. There's, well, the Healthy Men Today is a separate site, but all there's links to all the podcasts and all of my writings and books and everything else is at, at MrDad.com. Excellent. That's the clearinghouse for the empire. And you have so much there. So please, folks, grab your coffee, take a cruise through the site. <laughs> there is something thank there you. for everybody. So thank you so much. And to remember, folks, it's not we don't have to be it all. We can ask for help. We can let our kids know that, you know, I, I just right now I can't help you kids. Go and do something else. It's okay to be human, right? It's okay to be human. Until next time, folks. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows. Please go to selfdiscoverymedia.com shows and you will see the incredible lineup of genres and shows that we have for you. We are here to make a difference in your life. Thank you for listening.